Let me read to you. This is, we're going to be doing our scripture reading in two segments for the message. The first segment is now our call to worship. Matthew 21, verses 12 to 22. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant, angry, and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? Then he left them and went out of the city of Bethany and lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How, do, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? But Je So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer believing, you will receive. Amen. Number 56 in our hymnals, To God Be the Glory. Number 56. To God be the glory, great things He hath done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son who yielded His life an atonement for sin. <coughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory, great things He hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory, great things He hath done. Great things He hath taught us, great things He hath done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be 
our wonder, our transport, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. And backing up one page to number 55. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He has done great things. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Number 83. We've just sung a song about blessing his name. Now we're going to sing a song. There's something about that name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms, We'll all pass away, but there's something about that name. And backing up to number 78. What's the first and greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Number 78, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear, may it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Isn't it amazing that the creator of all things, the scripture says the entire creation fell off his fingertips. That's how hard it was for him pays attention to us. Our Father in heaven. I, I wish that Judah was still that little baby so you could, so Dorothy could bring him up here and do the, the wonderful thing she did a couple years ago. That's how God is with us. We are the focus of all that he is. 
His every resource is, is available to us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it incredible that we are that we have that focus from him? And he sent his son to pay sin's penalty for us. He he gave everything the most he ransacked heaven. That's not original. He ransacked heaven when he came to deliver us through his son. He gave everything he had to deliver us into a welcome present. Welcome into his presence. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple of announcements. Well, we had a great, 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 great blessing happen this week. Uh, one of our sweet, dear, precious, lovely sisters went to be with Christ last Thanksgiving morning, Martha Brown. And uh, we, she made us one of her heirs. And there was a partial payout on that uh, about four days ago. And $100,000 was put into our church account. And uh, that's not going to be the end of it. That's just a partial payout. So I just wanted to pass the word on that praise. Okay, thank you. And also, my wife is not with us, just so I won't forget to say this. Uh, My wife is not with us. She only got about three hours sleep last night. So she's, uh, we'll make her that a matter of prayer. Tonight, we will be continuing our prophecy series, and we're going to be jumping right to the book of Revelation. Um, We've completed the Daniel material. We're going to be jumping right to the book of Revelation because in about five weeks, we're going to be getting to that segment of Matthew's gospel, the Olivet Discourse, which is Christ's own expression about the prophetic word of what's what's coming and what that's going to look like. And so we will be dealing with that part, which was logically would be next, but we're going to just skip over it so that we don't do it twice. So we'll be jumping right to the book of Revelation this evening. So just uh, that's information for you. Wednesday at 1 p.m., we have a Bible study here. Right now we are doing the book of Job. And it's been a very, very, very rich study. Um, and uh, we also have a time of extended prayer. That's the, that's the pr- principal prayer meeting of the congregation during the week is that 1 p.m. meeting. Um, I don't want to frighten you, but we go generally till about 2.30 or 40. <laughs> uh, but we're in no hurry. Uh, Wednesday evening at the Miller House at 7 p.m. Yeah, I got it at 7 p.m. here. You did? 7 p.m. at the Miller House, God's Blueprint. They also have a Friday evening meeting. It's at 7? At 8. Oh. Wednesday at 7, Friday at 8, a home church meeting. And uh, God is really doing a marvelous discipleship work there. And uh, so if you uh, would like to attend, there is no age. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, you're not. Oh, wow. Well... DJ is what, 65, 70? Yeah, you just feel like it. Okay, all right. Okay, now you're going to love this. The next two Sundays, Darren Miller is going to be preaching. Now, next Sunday would be his usual Sunday to preach, the final Sunday of the month. But the next Sunday after that is Labor Day weekend, and my wife and I are being forced to go to a, a family event four hours east of here called the Cousin Convergence with 30 plus people all showing up. So uh, Mr. Miller will also be bringing the message. He kindly agreed to that. Uh, 
for the next two. Yeah, don't forget. Yeah, remind him, DJ. <laughs> okay, if you need prayer, if you have a prayer request, the lady right there, Karen Cap, here's her phone number and her name in the bulletin. Call her and she will put it on the prayer tree. And it will go throughout the congregation and people will immediately begin seeking out Lord God's deliverance for you. Any other announcements? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I have no idea what you're talking about, Bob. I've never experienced that ever. Sure. I have a chart on the book of Revelation that I will be handing out tonight. Uh, so I can have that as a handout. But other than that, it's all going on the website, though, so that the messages can be listened to. Okay. My computer has distanced itself from me, too. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> okay. So you want me, us to do the old-fashioned thing and have a secretary sit down and... Okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I will have one for the book of Revelation chart, and that's it. So, all right. Um, yes, sir. What I can do is, if you have a flash drive, I can download the messages to the flash drive, too, and that way you can listen to them on your computer. You don't have to worry about downloading them. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes, sir. four weeks with us and to take them to 12 weeks, I mean, at eight weeks we'll give them a, a participation certificate, but if they come back on their own, and, you know, we're hoping that, you know, if, if 2% or 10% resonate, you know, and they change their, you know, put God back in their life, and they change their life, and, and put some positive steps, and they want to come back on their own, and go that extra step, then we will give them a graduation certificate and a ring. Right. Okay, right. Right. so our numbers can be at 25 or 30. Uh, wow. Uh, you know, okay. Easy. Okay. Um, and they the, the, the whole curriculum, right. 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 I think they've got the meals all set up. Yeah. yeah. At one point they were talking about maybe having to do away with that because the numbers were getting bigger. Right. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Julie. Julie, I'm sorry. 
Right. Right. Sure. And some of the some of these churches I'm gonna have to go to the Mhm. Okay. But I just wanted y'all to know that Okay. All right. That's around Valentine's. Right. 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 It was big. It was a good deal. Mm hmm. Yes, sir. Amen. Okay. Your brother is Jason, correct? Je right. Okay. Amen. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Courtney. Oh. Yeah, okay, right. And we're going to be having a prayer meeting from 7 to 8 there. There'll be coffee. Um, I'm going to try to invite some breakfast helpers. And we're just going to be praying for Kirk County, praying for our neighbors. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are doing the Bless Every Home. And a lot of people are, are just going to show up and, and just pray. Okay. So if you'd like to join us, um, please, please do. And if you need... There actually is a 7 a.m.? I've heard the, a rumor to that effect. Right here by Mama Tita's, right behind it. Um, if you go on that street between uh, Subway and AutoZone, right behind it is a, it's, it used to be a doctor's office when I was a kid, you know, but now it's, it's a big green sign, RLF. 
Also, we want to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around this world and for the nation of Israel. Yeah, Mike. Right. Andrew Brunson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mr. Jim. Okay. Well, I think we need to talk about it in the elder board meeting before we come to the congregation. But my own, f let me just express to the congregation, uh, <coughs> we did have a, sp you know, a, a joint service over there. Was that about eight weeks ago? And uh, I honestly don't sense any great urgency to join up with them. And so at this point, to me, it's almost become a kind of a dead issue. So I don't. Yes. Max Teague? I thought he had retired. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Well... Okay, well, let's talk about that after the worship service and see what we can, okay. Um, are we ready to pray? All right. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace, provision, and glory a positive outcome. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the person who trusts in you. Our Father, we want to thank you that you are focused on us, that you are purposing our blessing, our growth. We ask for Arnie that you will shepherd him through this chemical stress test. And Lord, we are asking not just for this immediate deliverance, but also that it will step him deep into or deeper into your kingdom that you will make a name for yourself in him. Lord, in the same vein, I ask for my daughter-in-law Alba's mother, Lupe, for whom I prayed yesterday uh, in, with my arm around her shoulders, suffering from rheumatoid arthritis. Lord, just the passage we read today, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. We are asking that you the God who heals, Exodus 15, the God who heals will cleanse her of the physical issue that has been the rheumatoid arthritis that has been afflicting her. Likewise, Arnie, for what is afflicting him. And our Lord, we just commit on my wife, Jenny, and the, the issues that she had that kept her awake. We ask that you would completely cleanse her of this physical issue. And our Lord, we do ask, we've got so many people in this congregation uh, who are struggling with things regarding their health, we ask that you would cleanse them of those issues in a way that truly brings praise to you. And our Father, we do ask your hand of shepherding 
of guidance, of blessing, of strength upon Jesse Kane and Morgan Kane, that they will have a marriage that they truly do become one under your leadership. We commit them to you for this. And our Father, we do ask for the prayer meeting at the RLF location, Real Life Fellowship, that that prayer meeting will have a powerful effect throughout Kerr County as it becomes a, a point of mobilization for your people. For our sister Julie, as she goes around the, the community speaking to pastors and to congregations about the Night to Shine event, that, Lord, you would open doors that people would truly become servants of you servants of you in this process to serve these special needs people in our community and our lord we do want to at, we do ask for our brother andrew brunson in turkey who has been through several years of imprisonment for no other reason than his loyal walk with you we are asking that you would be his protector his defender and if it is what will bring the greatest praise to you, his deliverer from that situation. But we join him in his great prayer to you, which is that may God be glorified. And sometimes while Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are still in the fire is when the greatest praise comes. But we do ask that you will deliver this brother just as you delivered those three men, just as you delivered Daniel from the den of lions. And our Father, we do ask for Debbie Ann that you will shepherd her through the court system. You are the Lord everywhere in all things. Likewise, we pray for Daryl that you will shepherd him this Tuesday as he is in the court that you will completely walk him out of there with nothing left to be addressed and that he will be completely free. Likewise, his brother Jason. Lord, we thank you for the way in which you have just sovereignly created an, an, open, an opportunity for him, a path that was not there before. You have made that happen. And we ask that you will not only walk him down that path to freedom, but that it will be in a way that Jason will be the first to give you the praise. And in fact, it's very noteworthy that the man who has stepped forward, a fellow prisoner, is a loyal, loving follower of Christ. We do thank you for the great conversation Daryl was able to have with his daughter Anya. And we just give you the praise for really reviving and strengthening that relationship. We do ask for our brother Darren and his family that you would address whatever issues they have in their finances. We ask that as school begins at Shriner University uh, that you will continue to open doors of service for him that more students might come to faith in Christ and, and strengthen their walk with you. And our Lord, we do ask also for our brother Mike that you will restore his relationship with his daughter, Kara, his son, James. Address the issues that his sister, Pat Whitethorn, is wrestling with, both spiritual and physical. We commit that whole process to you. And for the Mitchell clan is that they are still going through the process of the loss that they experienced. But Father, we do ask... <coughs> Most of all, that you will bring praise to yourself. We do ask for the classes, the Christian Men's Job Corps School beginning September 10th, the, the Faithful Fishers getting up also September 10th. Lord, that you will make out of that more than our wildest hope or expectation because that's the kind of God you are. And we do ask for the President of the United States that you will shepherd his way 
just as you did. I think the man that most comes to my mind when I think of our president is Nebuchadnezzar and how you took this man and made him a deep worshiper of you. May that be the life experience of Donald Trump. Because you love to just create wonderful trophies. And our Lord, we do ask for our brothers and sisters around this world, like Andrew Brunson, who are being persecuted because of their loyalty to you. We ask that you will continue to fill them with boldness, but you would also even turn their persecutors to you. Give their words as they explain the gospel. May they be empowered by the Holy Spirit and that there would be life outcomes as the gospel is spread. And our Father, we do ask for the United States of America that you will pour out on this nation a spirit of repentance, of turning to you. Lift high the cross before our eyes, we ask. And now, as we turn to your word, may you be the true rabbi, the true teacher and speaker. And that we may leave here with your truth, having captured us, that we may walk in it. We ask this of you, good King Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Number 702 in our hymnal. Many of you have it already memorized. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. Amen. Matthew chapter 21. Continuing our reading in verse 23. Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I will ask I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say, from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think? A man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, son, Go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They they said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. Hear another parable. 
There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower, and he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants into the vi- to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? They said to him, He will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their season. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on him, whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude, because they took him for a prophet. The title of this message, Sheep and Goats self-identify sheep and goats self-identify something that I noted last week that frankly had gone over my head for years and years and years until recently (laughs) as we've studied Matthew's gospel as Jesus has ministered in that area geographically The further he got from Jerusalem, the better his welcome was. (laughs) He had people being brought to him from Syria for healing. Syria is Gentile territory. And there were Syrians bringing people who needed to be cleansed from leprosy, who needed to be healed of their, their diseased conditions, their lameness. And he healed them all. We see other passages in other scripture where Jesus went among the Samaritans. I mean, if there was ever a group of people group on planet Earth that the Jews hated more than anybody else, it was the Samaritans. Jesus goes to the Samaritans and they repent. He speaks to them and they repent. That's the woman at the well, the Gospel of John, the city of Sychar. The closer Jesus got to Jerusalem, the place of Jewish worship where the temple was, the closer he got to Jerusalem, the greater the opposition became. Why? Because the Jewish temple was governed by a religious mafia who was milking the system. They used the law. They used the Pharisaical group. The Sadducees, these are all, actually, they hate each other. Their, their theology is very, very different. They, and that's why they hate, but they are both dominant over the people. And the scribes are the ones who are typically, speak, the people that they would have called rabbis were the people, that group of people called the scribes. And who is it that, above all, Jesus has words of rebuke for? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. And it goes all the way back to John the Baptist. What did we read? In the Matthew chapter 3. Who can tell? It's the Jewish leaders come to John the Baptist. John the Baptist is way out there in the Jordan Valley 
baptizing people, preaching, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when he sees the Jewish leadership coming, you snakes, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? <coughs> Jesus picks right up on that. Jesus picks right up on that. And issues the same warning. John the Baptist said, I baptize with water. The one who comes after me will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And you better repent. And when Jesus comes, he picks up on John's the Baptist message, repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the closer he gets to Jerusalem, the, the greater the opposition. And even the opposition out in the outer districts is the, the emissaries from Jerusalem come out to stir trouble up. Except they always run whimpering back to Jerusalem with their tail between their legs. How many times does he say to these scholars, have you never read? Have you never read? Have you never read? And he's quoting the Hebrew Scriptures to them. And they're supposed to be the masters of the Hebrew Scriptures. Have you never read? And they flee away. Because they don't care. Yeah, they have read it. But they don't like the message. They don't care about the message. They are religious men who are deeply wicked. Now, there were some of them who did repent. There were some that did. We're told in John chapter 12 that many in the Jewish leadership did believe, but they didn't come out publicly. Now, Nicodemus did. Joseph of Arimathea did. But that was just a handful. There were many in the Jewish leadership who did not come out publicly, though they, had, they believed what Jesus said. And they believed in who he was because of their fear of the religious mafia. And so Jesus has come into Jerusalem, as we saw last week, the triumphal entry. And the people are worshiping him. Hosanna to the Messiah, the son of David, the promised son of David, who will take the throne forever and ever and ever. And, of course, the Jewish leadership is throwing a fit. They're calling you Messiah. Yeah, they are. You had a problem with that? Have I not demonstrated the reality of that? What do you think, Messiah, the anointed son of David, is going to look like? I've been healing every disease, raising the dead. What do you think it's going to look like when I come? As I, and I've been speaking the truth to people, and people have been set free. And Jesus, the triumphal entry, and then he goes in and he cleanses his father's house. He cleanses the temple. He drove out the money. He drove out the religious mafia. They had turned the religious system into a money-making operation. If you brought your own lamb for Passover to be examined by the priest, it was not going to pass inspection period over and out you were going to have to buy a lamb raised in the temple flock at an exorbitant price and you couldn't even give an offering of money unless it was the temple currency and the exchange rate was designed to make great money for the religious mafia annas the former high priest who is still informally running the system is son-in-law totally contrary to the law of Moses is the high priest it's a religious mafia and Jesus is going to break their power that's what they're afraid of he cleanses the temple and then verse 14 then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them he is doing miracle works in the temple itself. They can't say they didn't see it. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David, the spontaneous worship of Jesus, they, they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? 
Yes. Have you never heard? I love it. Have you never heard your Bible? <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. These little children are spouting out truth that you know is true but refuse to voice. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Right now, the human race knows far, 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 far more about the reality of the Creator God, what His standards are, and what His provision is than they are ever willing to admit. They, we all know more. These men knew far more than they needed to know to repent, and still they refused to repent because they insanely, wickedly, believed that they were smarter than God and they could get away with it. By the way, let me tell you one of the features of the Sadducee sect. The Sadducees didn't believe there was such a thing as living eternally. The Sadducees actually thought, well, when I die physically, that's the end of it. I die like a dog and my soul goes out of existence and I will be beyond the reach of God even. What? Is that what the Hebrew Scriptures say? No. But that's what they chose to embrace so they could live with their wickedness. What does the Scripture say? Oldest book in our Bible. I know that my... Job 19.25 I know that my Redeemer lives and though after my flesh worms destroy this body still from within my own flesh because I'll be raised from the dead I will see God. The human soul is eternal. And yet and by the way the, the, the high priests were Sadducees. They really believed they could be, they were out of the reach of God. But when they sought to lay hands on him, excuse me, I, yes, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise. Then he left them and went out of this to the out of the city to Bethany. By the way, probably he went to the home of Lazarus, whom John's Gospel tells us was a resident of Bethany, and he had just raised from the dead a little bit before that, and went to the city of Bethany and lodged there. Now in the morning, as I've already read the narrative, they come to this fig tree, and here is this beautiful fig tree. It is lush, it is everything tells you about this fig tree that it should be heavy with fruit and he walks up to this fig tree and there's no fruit on it. This is an analogy of the temple. Everything about what is going on in the, in the city of Jerusalem, all these worshipers coming for the Passover season and all, all this lively activity, all this glory, all this lush proof of religious, of, of vitality, is a lie. There's no actual fruit going on through the activity led by the religious leadership in Jerusalem. It is a fruitless tree. It looks lush, but it is fruitless. And Jesus comes to this fig tree. There's no fruit on it. He curses it, withers up. This isn't the first time this sort of thing has happened. And, but again, how many times do we hear of God miraculously heal someone, healing someone? And every time, even though it may be the hundredth time we've heard of that sort of a, an account, we go, oh, wow, how, what a, why are we surprised? And yet here are these disciples. Jesus has already done this sort of thing before their eyes. And yet they again express surprise. Verse 20, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, 
you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. What is the very core of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? It means I believe what the Bible says about my God and his responsiveness to my prayer is responsiveness to my prayer he hears and responds this is the challenge that we have as christians am i willing am i willing to sit before the lord and say to him Lord, I don't find that faith in me. Please grant to me the gift. Generate that kind of faith in me. Let me give you a clue. And I'm, By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here all bruised and beat up. Because everything I'm saying to you, I'm saying to myself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to see that faith grow in you, the number one thing you and I can do is dwell in the word of God. And just simply put yourself at Jesus' feet and listen to him. Sit and read God's word and allow the Holy Spirit to give you that orientation as a gift. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Is, do we see this in the scripture? Well, there are those fellows, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refused to bow down to, Neb to Nebuchadnezzar's stupid idol. And he said to them, he actually was bending over backwards for them. This is not standard Nebuchadnezzar. Well, you three fellows, I'll give you a second chance. This is not standard. He is being kinder than he's ever been to anybody in his life. I'll give you a second chance. He loves these three guys. And they say, sorry, pal, we don't need a second chance. We're not going to bow down to your stupid idol. And so now he <laughs> goes there and he just gets irate and they heat that furnace up so hot that the men who throw them into the furnace die. That's hot. But they don't. And in fact, the only thing that burns is the ropes that were binding them. And he looks in there and there's three men standing around, walking around in there. Oh, wait, there's a fourth who looks like the son of God. Hey, you guys come back out of there. And they come out. And God, Nebuchadnezzar sends a decree around the entire Babylonian empire. Instead of uh, glorifying this God, we just made a stupid idol to. I'm making a law in the Babylonian Empire that anybody who says anything bad about the God of these three men, they're dead. You talk about God flipping the script. <laughs> and what was the purpose of that whole thing was to glorify a fake God and instead it, the gr true God is lifted up. And the same thing a few decades later when their companion Daniel is thrown into the den of lions. And the Cyrus the Persian, who's been pleading all night, excuse me, Darius the Mede, who's been pleading all night with God to deliver his servant, comes as the sun is coming up. Daniel, was your God whom you worship continually able to deliver you? Yes. They take him out of the den of lions. And the decree goes out throughout the Persian Empire. Nobody says anything bad about this guy. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Now, when he came into the temple, the chief priest, this is the next day, he's teaching. They challenge his authority. And, of course, he simply asked them to be men of integrity. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question. John the Baptist, his teaching, was he from God or from men? And, of course, we, we see what the narrative says. Well, they know. Now, 
publicly their position is that guy John the Baptist, you don't have to pay any attention to him. But they can't say it before the multitude because the multitude is with Jesus on this, that John the Baptist was an authentic prophet. And so, as the narrative says, they, oh, well, we don't know. Aren't these guys supposed to be the experts? And they don't know about this? And they've just told Jesus, by what authority are you teaching? Well, they seem to know about Jesus. You shouldn't be teaching this. Well, if you don't have the integrity to answer my question with a yes or a no, I, I am not going to honor your demand. I'm not going to honor your demand that I tell you by what authority I do this. And then he keeps right on doing. <laughs> and they don't have the guts, the moral courage if they were men of integrity who actually didn't believe in the message of John the Baptist, don't believe in Jesus, why don't they say so? Because they secretly do know that John the Baptist was God's prophet. They secretly do know that the prophet from Nazareth is truly God's spokesman. But there, he is a threat to their mafia system. Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And then we have the parable of the two sons, which is just a lovely, <laughs> a lovely statement. Which of the two sons did the will of their father? The one who said no and then did it? Or the one who said yes and then didn't? Now, at the very close of this whole passage, they perceived he was speaking of them. Why? Because they are the men out there telling everybody in the Jewish community, we're the yesers, we're the ones who always do the will of God, you guys need to admire us. But in fact, underneath, they were defying God and weren't obeying Him. And they knew it. And when Jesus tells this parable, they were keeping a straight face, but inwardly they were seething. Inwardly, they were seething, and then Jesus doubles down on it with the parable of the wicked vine dressers because that is exactly who they are. This temple that is God's temple, we've taken it over. And if God's spokesmen come, he, come here, what do we do? What has the Jewish leadership done throughout the centuries? They've killed him. Jesus says in another place, what prophet is there? that your forefathers didn't punish or kill. And they have no answer. The treatment given to John the Baptist, who was beheaded by Herod Antipas, the treatment they're going to pour out on Jesus is frankly nothing new. And they know who they are the spiritual heirs of. They are the spiritual heirs of the wicked forefathers who killed other prophets. And he says to them, and I just love this, he does it repeatedly, with, haven't you read the Bible? Haven't you read the Bible? Have you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. You're going to reject me, but guys, it doesn't matter what you do. I am going to be the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. What's that? Well, when we get into Matthew 24 especially, I'm going to remind you, Matthew 16, on this rock I will build my church. Matthew 18, when a brother will not respond to your appeal for reconciliation, take it to the church. And the church will, well, it's part of their vocabulary, but it's not their common, they don't, they're used to using the word synagogue. They're not used to using ecclesia as a term for God's people. And what do we have here? A nation 
He will give it to a nation, a band of people, bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone, meaning himself, will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. You can attack me, but you're the ones who are going to regret it. What's going to happen? They're going to crucify him. Then he's going to come out of the grave. He's going to go to the right hand of power. And then they're, go- they're going to call in the Romans on themselves who will crush them. And crush them. And through the ages, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. has come back to haunt them over and over and over. Until that day when God in his mercy restores them. Now the chief priests, now when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. They get it. And they are chewing their tongues. They are so angry, but they don't have the guts to deal with it because he is surrounded by a multitude, hundreds and hundreds of people who are all amening what he's saying. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet, God's spokesman. They know, the Jewish people know, that these men are religious mafia. And Jesus has just driven it home and driven it home. He's ripped the mask off time and again. And there's nothing they can do until God gives them the opportunity where they can put their hands on his son, they're, they're held back. They're held back. And that same God who governed so powerfully, completely, the life experience of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, is just as much the master of our life experience. That's part of what we're to draw here. But we are to most of all get this is the testimony of God. When God's spokesman stood before his worst accusers, they had nothing to say. And this is going to be amplified even more when they drag him before Pilate. And Pilate is going to say, you guys haven't even made an accusation. Why should I crucify him? I'm washing my hands of this. That is the governing God of our lives. Don't make this a remote account about Jesus. It is about you and me. He is as much our Lord and Master and Governor of our life experience as that of His Son. Let's pray. Our Lord, we want to thank You that You are everything that You disclose Yourself to be Here in Matthew's Gospel, you are the absolute Lord of our life experience and we are witnessing in this narrative how you are shepherding your own son through the process that will ultimately become the very basis of our redemption, our finding a welcome with you. We ask that you would enable us to walk in this reality that belongs to us as much as your son, because he said so. We ask this of you, good King Jesus, and all God's people said,